His fingers, slippery with his own blood, attempted to pry off the shoulder bag containing his essentials. He succeeded, but only after scraping the bullet wound. Biting his lip to keep from making a sound that would reveal his location, he focused entirely on the task at hand. He needed what was in that bag. It had been a long day and it was only getting longer. Somehow, they had found out who he was and what he had done in the past. His thirteen-year-old daughter had been snatched. Emotions had never played a part in Tanaka's work before. There was, however, a first for everything. But it had been a long time. He had been retired officially for twenty years and unofficially for at least five. He'd had only an hour to prepare for what could be the toughest and most heart-wrenching job he would ever face, rescuing his daughter. From his bag he grabbed what looked like a child's toy ball. Carefully fingering three nearly invisible holes, a red LED flashed twice. Tanaka took a deep breath, tossed the device to his left and rolled to his right on the count of three. The ball clanged against the wall. In an average room with normal acoustics, the sound would not be impressive. But in this cavernous environment, the sound thundered, surprising even Tanaka. The diversion worked. Echoes of gunfire on the opposite side ripped into sacks of boxes on shelves against the wall. He heard a man yell, Stop! Liquid was dripping somewhere. He was in a much safer position now. He could indeed see the door that led to the hallway. It probably held a janitor's closet and a few storage rooms. He had thought those rooms might provide a refuge and a chance to lure the enemy into a position that would give him the advantage. However, noticing that the ruse was continuing to work, Tanaka decided to stay put for now. He pulled out a second ball and caused the LED to flash twice. His left hand held the ball while he checked his watch to make sure it was ready. His grazed shoulder was bleeding more profusely now, but he was oblivious to anything non-essential, anything unrelated to the task of saving his daughter. He concentrated his entire vision on that ball in the corner and on an approaching shadow. The enemy was quiet and careful, but the light behind him cast his silhouette broadly. In a room so large with very little padding to dampen the noise, his footsteps might as well have been foghorns. Tanaka managed to lower his heart rate and breathe silent breaths. His right hand gripped the second ball and lightly touched the skin next to his watch. The shadow grew larger across the room. The enemy surely could not see the cause of the noise, but there was at least one person approaching the ball in the far corner with deadly intent. In a singular motion, Tanaka loosed his pent-up energy, tossing the second ball high overhead toward the back where the enemy had been. One Mississippi later, he pressed a button on his watch and heard two explosions, again amplified by the room. The first ball exploded in front of the shadow, causing it to stagger. The second ball he could not see, but he most definitely heard. Tanaka rushed toward the smoke from the first ball, grabbing his gun and holding it at eye level. Swinging into the first opening, he took two shots at a dark figure two dozen or so feet down. Continuing on, he turned into a second opening, where the closest enemy stood, dazed, and fired point-blank. The noises coming from multiple locations had done the job. He had seen the first enemy get hit, and this one was most definitely dead. The enemy was confused and scrambling. Wasting no time, he headed toward the safe place again, keeping his gun ready as he sprinted back across the room. He saw no one else. After hitting the wall next to the door that led to the janitor's closet, he heard three distinct voices from across the warehouse. 
The guy he shot first must be down. The three voices sounded panicked, but healthy nevertheless. He realized at that moment that there had been at least five assailants, and probably more coming. Great, he thought to himself. He had never gone into an operation so ill-prepared, but in this case time had not been his friend. He had a good idea where they were keeping his daughter, but they could move her in a heartbeat. He scrapped the idea of luring them into that hallway. It would take too much time, and he would lose sight of the room where he believed she was being held. Of course, he knew he had walked into a trap. He was operating on their terms, and virtually everything that happened was out of his hands. There was a good possibility that Emily, his daughter, wasn't even in the building. He had been dealt a bad hand, but folding was not an option.